Welcome to the Indigo Podcast, an exploration of human flourishing at work and beyond. I'm Ben Barron of Indigo Anchor and Cleveland State University. And I'm Chris Everett of Indigo Anchor. For more information, please visit us at www.indigopodcast.com. All right, so today's episode is titled COVID Tunis, the rise of COVID-19 profiteering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we're making up words today. So uh, we're going to talk about what the heck is a COVID tunist. We're going to talk about how this idea sparks this real need for differentiation and authenticity in our communication out there. And we're going to talk about some implications for vendors and organizations. So let's just jump right into this. And I just want to ask you, Chris, what the heck is a COVID tunist? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's this really lame word that we came up with. That hey, actually... I, I, it's not lame. <laughs> <laughs> I made so, it up. <laughs> so, and no offense to um, anybody with the last name of Lame or Lemay, but um, <laughs> what the. We're thinking about this stuff. So you're on LinkedIn and you're on social media mm. and everybody is like, oh, what can we do to be for you here in this time? I mean, mm -hmm. we all know we're in in this time, the COVID-19 time. Right. Um, but there's always this slimy, ooey gooey kind of thing where people are trying to sell the same garbage, but under a COVID-19 auspice. Right. Um, and, and you get... Yeah, it's just it's just lazy marketing. I mean, it and and it, you're right. It kind of makes you want to go take a shower after going through some of it, right? It's just you know. So we're going to talk about this, you know, this idea of this lazy marketing related to COVID nineteen. And so we came up with this word, right? So COVID related, of course, to coronavirus and opportunist, right? Slab them together, and you got COVID tunist. Yeah, or you could have like COVID tearing, you know, like profiteering mm. or COVID capitalist. <laughs> yes, yes, or COVID tuning. And so actually, I, right now, I'd love to invite all of our listeners. If if you are a leader out there and uh, some sort of decision maker, you know, one of these people who uh, gets, you know, a barrage of emails every day with people trying to sell you stuff, um, and you're getting a lot of this kind of COVID-19 related uh, marketing, um, feel free to share it with us on Twitter, and you can use the hashtag COVID Tunist. Uh, share it with us on Twitter, use the hashtag, and tag us at Podcast Indigo. Uh, we'd love to hear your examples of COVID tuning out there and try to alleviate maybe some of the uh, this activity. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if it was Tom Nichols on Twitter or some somebody was saying, oh, thank goodness for COVID. Now I know everybody whose email list I'm on, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I can make sure to unsubscribe. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I was getting them from everybody and, and their brother telling me what, what they were doing and so forth. And, you know, this is, we don't want to be overly critical because there is a an aspect of communication that does need to happen. Um, but there's a way to do this, I think, or we think that is that that can be better. And uh, you know, let, let maybe we'll just go and, and maybe talk a little bit about some examples of uh, 
COVID tuning of COVID tunist behavior um, out there. And, and you know, we have a, a good friend who uh, was so kind to share a bunch of these examples with us. <laughs> and I, I mean, the, these examples, they, when we said, sure, send them to us, uh, we weren't really ready for the deluge of emails that she started forwarding, but uh, it was she quite must have a lot. had some catharsis there, right? Yeah. You're like, now somebody... <laughs> But, but let's be sympathetic to the people, too, that are sending this out here, right? So first of all, anytime you send out a message to your customers, potential customers, it's kind of a fraught minefield, right? Yeah. Um, we all know, and everybody, how could such a big brand totally mess this up? Well, believe me, their intention isn't like, now it's time to send out an email that embarrasses our brand, right? Right. right. But- you could see some of those people, hey, we should really, really reach out and reach out to all of um, anybody whose email we have, right? right? But the downside that of that is everybody was deluged, and you might have actually lost some customers, right, just right. from sending it out. Now, you can't help that kind of thing. But let's talk about the emails that you do send out um, and how you can actually impact or affect something right, uh, right. like that. And so some of these examples, so just for context, you know, the, the, the person who sent these to us and shared them uh, with us happens to be in the, the leadership development and learning and development type space. So they're, they're kind of related to things that um, supposedly can help employees and organizations. And so, you know, one of them was an example um, marketing a webinar, right? It was a webinar, and I quote, a webinar for concerned employers and managers discussing the recent outbreak of COVID-19. Uh, and then it goes into talking what it's about. It's it's more about skills to cope and build resilience, right? And um, not a bad thing, right? But then at the end of this email, it, it talks all about the person who is uh, behind it and what a you know big um, expert this person is in the field and so forth and all the published scholarship that this person had on the topic. And you know what? We went out there and we we dug a little bit and this person had nada. Right there, yeah. out there, right? There was no published literature by this person. And um, so that, I mean, and that's not necessarily the only marker of, um, you know, someone having worth in terms of something to say. You don't have to have published an article necessarily in order to be an authority on something. However, if you say you have, you probably should have, right? Right. So this one actually passed my initial, you know, if you've ever been in an executive role, you get vendor emails all the time. Um mm -hmm. And as soon as vendors figured out how to get on LinkedIn, it went from, oh, a cool way to network professionals to the deluge of vendors. And, and I get it. They're, that's their job, right? To, to push their product and stuff. But this one, this email said, oh, actually, this looks really good. Coping yeah. strategies, mindfulness. Oh, this guy works on two coasts. Um, he's got a PhD. And we like you said, we put it in Google Scholar. And there's, you know, he's not even... We didn't find any papers under right. this guy's name, and right. he had a pretty unique name. So, right, and and so what was interesting too is that this same company had sent several emails within the span of a couple days out to apparently their uh, you know email list, and uh, so our our friend just forwarded all of them, and it was just like, and to her, this was just more noise, more noise in the inbox. And so, you know, this this kind of COVID tuning type behavior is not really helpful uh, from a sales and marketing perspective. And uh, what was interesting, though, is that then she came across one and she said, hey, this one's actually kind of good. 
And this one was actually kind of in plain text. It didn't have a bunch of images in it and so forth. And it was much more of a personal type email. And it said, you know, dear friends and family and talking, and it was an introduction from the, the, uh, the chief scientific officer and the founder of the company and saying, you know, I started this company with this type of mission and here's who we, all the doctoral level experts we have, um, the custom solutions we have for people. And what's fascinating is this is the exact same company that had been ignored by these other emails that had gotten sent out, right? Same company, different message. One of them was noticed. One of them was not. Right. And and this guy, we actually did throw into Google, Google Scholar. This was a different person at the same co- yeah. company and had some legit published research. So, yeah. Um, right. I mean, unless there's this huge treasure trove of like research that's not on Google Scholar, and you should, and that's yours. You should make sure to get it on Google Scholar. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And mo- and you know, some of our listeners may not even know what Google Scholar is. Uh, so if you just type into, you know, if you just go to scholar.google.com, what and you, you search for things that way, what that does is it searches explicitly the scientific literature on a topic, and you can also do an advanced search where you search for authors and so forth. Um, many academics and some people who publish other, you know, research, they can actually create a profile so you can see everything by that one person, uh, and th- this can be a helpful way to look for more definitive, more authoritative uh, sources of information uh, in the scholarly world. Yeah. So if you're out there and, right, everybody's trying to sell you expertise. So how do you know that this numbskull's better than the other numbskull that's, you know, blowing mm-hmm. up your email? And you actually have need. If they're offering expertise that is evidence-based and those kinds of things, you might ask them, where do you pull your research from? Mm-hmm. Right? Google Scholar, those people. Um, you can also check out you know, these uh, journals are ranked. Like nature is going to be so much more definitive than Ranger Rick Weekly, <laughs> right? And and that just kind of helps you know, because, you know, I'm not a scientist myself, but I'm very familiar with how to assess the validity and how esteemed somebody is within their peers and the type of work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the Ben, let's do another one. Okay, so let's uh, move on from from that set of emails. Uh, there was another one that uh, you know basically had this opening that said, "We know the month of March has been crazy for everyone. Lots of events canceled, travel disrupted, etc. Uh, you're navigating a lot of different things during this precarious time." And then talks about the company and says, we have this strong lineup of webinars to bring you the content you need uh, to ensure your people are cared for, business continuity prevails, and well-being remains a priority. Take a look below and, you know, let us know which webinars you want to participate in. And, and you know, what, what's interesting and became immediately apparent to us is that all of the webinars that were listed be- below that intro were all about wellness. Uh, there were nothing to do with business continuity planning, none of the stuff that was listed in the intro. So it was obvious to us that this company had obviously had this probably, you know, planned out. It was a planned marketing newsletter. And then they realized, oh, crap, coronavirus. Let's delete that first paragraph. Let's put something <laughs> put something in there that tries to appeal to people based upon that. And now, you know, I, I got to like empathize first, right? If I'm trying to sell a, a product or a service, 
I do want to speak to the current situation and needs of my potential customers. However, it, it comes off as, as disingenuous and it could potentially damage your brand if you aren't actually tailoring what you're doing to those specific needs that are being felt right now by your clients or customers. Yeah, this is a time for you to show um, potential clients that you've got attention to detail, mm -hmm. right? And we've all whipped it. So that's fine. You've got, you know, Joe or Janet marketing intern or whatever junior level marketing person that normally sends this stuff out, right? That's probably fine in a operations, you know, day-to-day -day usual. But when you have something really sensitive like COVID-19, you really should have a senior person overviewing those key messaging during that time. Because I know if I see that, I'll be like, oh, I know that company. I'm just going to discount anything they have to say, honestly. Mm -hmm. that, because why? Because there's not a shortage. I can go with another numbskull that doesn't make that kind of mistake. Mm -hmm. And so you could have something really, really awesome and blow it, right? Right, right. And, and, yeah, yeah, I think to that point, I think many of these companies maybe aren't, they're not trying to be COVID-2 NISTs. But here's the thing. It's in the eye of the beholder. If if the, the recipient of that message, if the executives out there who are getting pounded by all these emails from everybody and their brothers saying that they can, you know, teach your whole organization how to do this remote work thing perfectly, um, <laughs> that is, uh, it, you know, you're, you're hurting your reputation and you're going to be seen as a COVID tunist. And we don't want that for you if you have something truly awesome to offer in this uh, time. Yeah, so let me read the definition of opportunism from Wikipedia. Not that yeah. this is the best one or Wikipedia is worthwhile or anything. but I like Wikipedia. Yeah, it's great. But um, <laughs> it's not the encyclopedia. It's not a professionally curated thing. It's just <laughs> a daggone well-curated thing. So <laughs> opportunism is the practice of taking advantage of circumstances with little regard for principles or with what the consequences are for others. Opportunists' actions are expedient actions guided primarily by self-interested motives, mm -hmm. right? So in that view, if you just slap a, here's something about COVID, and then here's our regular scheduled shenanigans that we want to sell you anyway, that, do you really have the best interest in mind of your client? Are you really creating value in the marketplace? Right. That being said, everybody's doing, I'm going to throw up if I see another one, how to manage remote workforce. Um, yeah, because everybody's like, oh, that's something we could do. That's easy. But, you know, unless you're an expert on that kind of thing, somebody referring somebody to better channels around that kind of stuff um, would be the better move. Because honestly, software development's been done remotely. There's a big body of knowledge on um, remote management, you know, how to handle Zoom meetings, all that kind of stuff that's out there. If you're just putting together, you know, you know, Chris's hot five for manage, I guess that's okay. But just realize the people you're sending it to are getting a thousand of these. Mm hmm. I think that's that's very well said. And, you know, some you may need to, as an organization, uh, you know, pivot your content and, and really, you know, if you don't have the expertise that really speaks to your clients' needs at this time, 
you know, you either need to develop that or uh, find another way to to be able to position yourself as an authority, as being able to truly offer something that's helpful. Now, I do want to be careful and also point out that there are certain things out there that we've actually talked about in a previous episode that are definitely not COVID tuning. And, you know, there are companies out there that are actually being virtuous or attempting to do something that's helpful. Um, you know, this is kind of in, a, in what we call bricolage, you know, doing different things with their resources. So, you know, auto manufacturers making ventilators, um, whiskey distillers making hand sanitizer. That is, they are taking, you know, advantage of the opportunity, but they're doing it with regard for a principle. They're not doing it for necessarily just to, you know, uh, profiteer off of off of the circumstance. Um, I, I think that that's a different category of activity. Right. So, and I'm a secular person, but I did grow up in the faith. And and one of the parables I think it is is the woman who puts a penny in the offering, and then mm-hmm. the rich guy that comes by and he puts like a million bucks in or what, whatever. It's a lot more. But but when the the woman, the poor woman did it, she just did it quietly, right? And I, mm-hmm. I maybe I'm messing this up. This is just how I remember it, right? And then the rich guy said, oh, oh, look at me. Look how much I'm giving here, right? Um, that That can be something that goes on here. But I think there's a unique difference when people in the corporate community are saying, hey, I'm GM. I'm going to make a million ventilators. Hey, Ford, what are you going to do? You know, mm-hmm. I think there's some positive egging on that that could go there. And and know that we can't read each other's minds. We should just be sensitive that people will be making judgments based on how you present yourself out in the marketplace. So, but we've got some good emails, right? So, mm-hmm. let, Ben, let's do some of the good ones we got. Right. So, I mean, one of the good ones that we saw out there was was one that was very simple and it said, Hey, you know, we, we're all, we have a, a series of courses. Um, so this is from a particular vendor it says we have a bunch of courses and here are some ones that may, may interest you. We have a course on COVID-19 infection protection and control, travel safety, forging ahead with perseverance and resilience, managing remote teams. And it was just like this very simple email saying, boom, 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 boom. That one resonates, I think. And, and we actually checked this one out and it's like very legit stuff. Uh, and you know, that, that is, I think not COVID tuning. Yeah. So if you're a head of HR and let's say you have a bunch of travel trainers out, you know, at different hospitals all over the United States or at different, um, factory sites all over the United States or whatever, and they're out there and they need to get home because everything's going into quarantine. What's the best, you know, are you liable if you put them on a plane? Mm-hmm. Should you have them drive? You know, that's something that's such a niche piece that somebody could go get some experts on that and actually put together something quality that, and these courses were like not long, maybe 15, 20 minute videos mm-hmm. with the, and very insightful, you know, kudos to that organization um, really done well. But now a little bit on the flip side, um, the Center for Leadership Study, which is uh, Paul Hersey, which of the Hersey Blanchard used to be, they used to be combined in this stuff called situational leadership. They're and great. It's, and it's, yeah, and it's good stuff. It, it is legit. Their research and the stuff they've contributed to the body of knowledge is excellent. Mm-hmm. However, uh, Ben, 
Uh, we were just disappointed. We saw this email that they sent out um, that our friend forwarded to us. And it was, you know, one of these uh, emails kind of that caught our eye because it had COVID-19 in the subject line and said, um, you know, this, this, it was a link to a blog post. And the, the blog post was titled Leading Through COVID-19, The New Normal. And it's like, okay, interesting. Click on it. And all it, all it was was just a very short blurb with some non-falsifiable theses about just kind of generally, you know, dealing with uncertainty. And this, this I think, is COVID tuning because they're saying something just to say something, right? They, I, it felt like I felt a little cheated when I clicked on that because it wasn't a genuine resource. It was not addressing specifically the issues that organizations are facing. It felt like they were taking advantage of the situation to get me to click on something. And that is, in my mind, and by our definition here, COVID tuning. Yeah, and people do this. These are typical social media plays. Oh, this right. is hit. Let's use these keywords. Let's optimize SEO. Yep. But when you do it with a pandemic... Man, that's like a hot potato. You you want to get rid of that. Um, and and so just so you know, it's just not amateur hours that are making the mistakes. Paul Hersey is like huge, right. huge person. The Center for Leadership Studies, excellent organization um, for all intents and purposes. But here's a case where where they really whip. So now it's like, ah, okay, these guys are, are pro- profiteering, right? COVID tuning. And that that was a sad one, actually. Right, right. You know, and I think it's also just speaks to um, a number of different topic areas that we see out there that are just flooding the marketplace. And this is coming from our point of view from uh, the world of leadership and talent development and talent management, human resources to some some degree. Uh, there is just a lot out there that everybody is sending an email out, of, you know, with regard to working remotely. Right. Yeah. I mean, basically, you could you you, you could put we, we actually did this. We we went through and looked at some and, you know, you could put any word and then follow it with remotely. So we said, you know, working remotely and selling remotely, meeting remotely, leading remotely, managing remotely. You get the idea, you know, all, all these different things or just using terms like, you know, virtual approaches, blah, blah, blah. Now, I, I get it when they're when these people are coming up with these uh, emails and with this marketing approach and these different offerings. I, they, I don't think that most of them were thinking, hey, let's profit off a, off a pandemic. That's not what we're saying here. But what we're saying is that because of the flooding in the marketplace, because of what is going on in reality with COVID-19, it can feel icky. And that is what really matters in terms of your reputation and your brand as an organization. Yeah. So, you know, everything's remotely, remotely, all that kind of stuff. Um if you need that information, there's generally better stuff that's already been developed, not trying hastily pushed out the door by somebody. Um, you know, Google has stuff. Software industry has stuff. Um, our Stephen Rogelberg's book on meetings, mm-hmm. excellent. Um, grab that kind of stuff. But that being said, I've seen some really good examples of people engaging. We've given some of those... Uh, email examples of stuff that was really good. Um, Robin Exton, um, a friend was telling me she is the CEO founder, I believe of this app. It's a dating app for just women called her. She's actually getting on and doing happy hours. I think she Mm -hmm. hired, 
she was telling me, a friend of mine was telling me who's in the LGBT community um, that she brought like on a mixologist or something. And everybody learned how to make a drink from a professional bartender. Like she's engaging directly with her community in a meaningful way. Um, Mm -hmm. She's done some stuff about COVID, but she's also adding value beyond just talking about the pandemic. Um, and, and I think that's something that's authentic, that's on point, and for Robin, on brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good example. That's a good example. Yeah. So, you know, I think um, some of this activity by the COVID tunists, I, this is, you know, it's characterized by the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic and people are using it uh, as a way to try to, you know, sell more stuff. But it, it does kind of nest within just all of the normal sales drivel that is out there, and that um, you know, as you ascend in uh, you know in prominence in an organization, you probably get more and more of these emails from people trying to sell you stuff. So this is not necessarily something that's gonna uh, that that is unique just to COVID nineteen, right? Um, just don't use COVID as a means to peddle your stuff, even if your stuff is good. So. This brings us to ethical questions. So um, are you really the world's expert on virtual whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, if not positioned to say, hey, I've got some helpful tips that I've found. I mean, you should definitely refer to the experts if you really, really want to have the best entrance of your audience or customers in mind. Um, second thing is, can you deliver what you're promising? <laughs> you know, yeah. when you, when you say, oh gosh, in the first couple paragraphs, like the best practice for continuity planning, but all you got is recipes for mom's apple pie in there. Yeah. That that's going to show a savvy executive that you don't really know what's going on. Avoid, right. Right. Yes. Run away, run away. Um, AI, this also just kind of ties into the broader ongoing trend of business books that are just based on one person's experience, um, kind of an emotional narrative that just isn't situated in the broader organizational science of, of work. Right. So anecdotes or your personal experience does not equal data, right? <laughs> um, and it's okay to share your experience. Sometimes sure. people want to know, but everybody reads you know, if you read all the top leadership, the Bill Gates way, the Buffett way, the Jack Welch way, and you're not going to find a whole lot similar between these guys. Mm-hmm. Right. So, if you know, everybody's looking for something to posture or model themselves after. And that's where the data and the science can help you because it can look for those trends and those. Why did that work in that situation? What is something that seems to transcend all of these types of leaders? Right, you know, it's it's kind of to uh, to paraphrase the 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 organizational science scholar Kurt Lewin, who said, uh, "There's nothing so practical as a good theory." Right, so <laughs> you know, it, because it, theories in in science are are backed by data. They are, um, you know, this isn't just someone's you know half baked idea. Um, and you know, if we have principles and we have um, other types of guidelines that are based upon a broad preponderance of evidence, that's more helpful than just one person's experience. But um, so I think the point here, COVID tuning uh, can certainly 
uh, integrate you know, some aspects of unethical behavior, you really need to make sure that you are um, being truthful in how you're positioning yourself because you know, it may get you some sales in the short run. Um, this, this COVID tuning, I, I would argue that, you know, it, in the long run, it, it very well could hurt your reputation and your brand. Right. I, especially around savvy people. So, you know, mm-hmm. you may get a bunch of numbskull clients and that, and that's all you care about. Fine. But the people that are <laughs> in the know are, are going to know. Um, and before we move to this next piece, I just want to say something about theory. People will say, oh, well, that's a theory. Well, mm. hey guys, hey you numbskulls, that gravity's a theory. And I'm not <laughs> I'm not worried about walking out my front door and floating off. Uh, you know, um my PT test scores for the army would love for me to be lighter, believe me. But um <laughs> but w- gravity's something we can plan on, right? Unless you're <laughs> <We> can. <laughs> unless you're moving at really high speeds mm-hmm. or if you are very large map. That's why it's not a law. It's not 100%. Gravity actually breaks down in certain scenarios. But it's something that we can use all the time. These management theories that come from the professional literature, not Joe, at retired CEOs, bored and can't play golf, you know, wrote a book. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not where you want to go. So, um, Ben, let's talk about the need for differentiation and authenticity. Now, this differentiation is different than the differentiation that we'll talk about in other episodes, which talks about being an individual, your own person. But this is differentiation in the sense of being different than other options out there. That's right. That's right. So, you know, we kind of in this first part, we talked about what COVID tunists are and what COVID tuning is and and how it's not a good idea, but it is. I think it's important for us, like you said, to turn our attention towards this need for differentiation and authenticity, and how uh, this is an approach that um, vendors of all types really need to be thinking hard about as they are trying to make it in this time of COVID nineteen, and really at all times, right? And I think the the number one piece here is focus on value. If you're not the expert on remote meetings, you know, why are you offering hot tips on remote meetings? Um, you know, that's that's not what you should be doing. Right. Um, this is just strategy 101. <laughs> right. And a lot of, and we would deal with this all the time when we do strategy sessions with CEOs, with executive leadership teams, those kinds of things. If you cannot say why you are different from your competitors or who you are in the marketplace, then you, you had a problem before the crisis even started. That's um, right. Now, it's okay if you are, you know, in a commoditized business. Let's say you're print, um, like a print on demand or like, you know, business printing. They send their larger print jobs to you. You're probably going to have to be the same price as your competitor. But your differentiation factor might be, hey, we're next door to you. You can get your stuff easier. Mm-hmm. Um, or we deliver industry standard um, practices. That, and that's fine. You don't have to be, well, we have a pink gir- giraffe out front, you know, and that's why you should use us. It doesn't have to necessarily be that. But when you're in a deluge of emails, right? And anybody that's in a commoditized industry knows that it's just brutal sales and trying not to lose market share. You're generally in a fixed pie situation. But if you're the type of person that's or organization that's sending out these kind of emails, you need to have something. What is of value to you now? 
Mm-hmm. And what can you, what is, you know, I guess one way to think about this from uh, the, you know, in the world of startups, sometimes people like to say, you know, what is your unfair advantage? What do you do better than other organizations? Uh, and what can you continue to do, uh, you know, that, that, re- that people care about? Um, so these, this is kind of strategy fundamentals. And like you said, if you didn't have this sorted out, you know, you had a problem before coronavirus, right? Um, so yeah, you got to have that sorted out. Yeah. So you've got reduced sales. Um, you don't know how to make payroll. I mean, a lot mm. of organizations maybe even have only a couple weeks if they could take a hit. Right? It is tough. We realize that. Yeah. Um, and anytime it's, it's tough. Um, you could be tempted to take the moral shortcut or the less uh, less optimal shortcut. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody, you know, even our consulting organization has, you know, less activity right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you turn to COVID tuning, it can come across, it, it does come across as icky and will do real damage to your brand. How can I trust you that when the chips are low, you'll do what's best for my organization? Mm-hmm. You know, right. I, I need you to be a strategic partner with me and I need um, you to be ethical. So with your extra time, if you don't know how you're different in the marketplace, you get some strategy books and maybe <laughs> call a consultant, somebody uh, give us a ring and we could like work on that kind of stuff. But um, right. And, you know, one thing. Yeah, I think one thing you can do is, is think about your branding and your positioning uh, and if you need to pivot on that. Yeah, and don't sacrifice who you are just because of this crisis moment. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It'll be something that you remember, and you'll feel bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've said that to a few places that I've gone into where they had severe integrity issues, and they were under investigation and that kind of stuff. And um, talking with people who sacrificed because they just needed a job, right? Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, it must have been really hard for you when you gave up your integrity. Um, <laughs> and and that's something that each one of us has to deal with every day. It's something you that'll give you authority when you talk to groups of people in a public speaking setting or even to your own children as you're raising them. So if you have if you have um, dropped your integrity for a little bit, OK, it's never too late to pick it up and be that person that you want to be. Right. And, you know, one thing you can think about practically, if you are um, struggling with your uh, sales and activity is just down, is with actually looking at how you are positioned in the market. This is a a good time to do that. Um, Looking at, you know, are you positioned in a vertical way um, in terms of an industry or a horizontal way in terms of some sort of function? Um, and, And looking really closely at what you are offering uh, how, what the value proposition of that is, your pricing, and so forth. So digging down and really making sure that your business is squared away on these fundamentals, uh, that, that could be an activity that you could really focus on right now. Yeah, so, you know, dig into your sales 101. Relationships will help you as you go through it. Some industries are just, there's nothing for you right now. You know, the economy isn't struggling. It's just on stop and whole swaths of industry, right? Um, So start making those plans. You know, you'll probably have somebody that's advising you through some of the programs that are out right now about helping you make payroll and some of those kinds of things. Get expert on that, make the moves you can, but then really be focusing on how you might have to pivot or what you're going to need to do as we pull out. 
Right, right. And if you, as an organization, have the ability or already have a product or service that can really help people in a unique way right now, by all means, sell that product. Um, you know, get that out there, get that service out there. Uh, I think you just got to be careful to not position it in a way and not communicate it in a way that really feels like this um, COVID tuning that we've been talking about. Right. Okay. So let's talk about what does this mean for vendors and organizations right now? Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess we could maybe take take organizations first, right? I mean, I think if you're an organization that's going through uh, this time and dealing with all of the uncertainty that we're all experiencing, um, you know, I think you, you really, this is an opportunity for you to focus on your strategy, your, your near-term and your mid-term strategies. How are you going to get through the next week, the next month, and so forth, and then looking more long-term. Uh, and then, you know, sort through some of this COVID tuning. You might need to do a little bit more digging uh, through the marketing material that you're receiving, right? If there is something that you need, make sure that it's not just coming from uh, an organization that is capitalizing on on this pandemic. Right, and and if you're doing it, you know, take the plank out of your own eye. <laughs> right. And stop. If you're doing it yourself, stop. That's it's just not cool. Uh, we shouldn't be doing that right now. Right. Right. Um, you know, I think making sure that you uh, you so make sure that you truly vet your vendors. I mean, that's that's definitely important. And I know you've had some experience with uh, with organizations and with vendors that have come into organizations that have gotten called on the carpet for uh, for not, for not really providing their best, right? Yeah. So I was doing this large, large um, workforce strategy and uh, location move, and um, we had a staffing agency in there that said, hey, listen, we're really going to help you understand this market. We've got all this stuff. And the guy came in and wasn't super, super prepared. And so you're like, okay, thanks. And and then I guess they changed uh, the leadership. And the guy said, hey, listen, we knew the previous guy was in there, but we really have something great. Uh, we'd like to meet with you. And we were looking to develop relationships with the larger um, staffing vendors there. Um, you know, that's a whole bit, you know, we had like, I don't know, 600 people we had to hire. And so we needed more than just one vendor. So anybody that was reasonable kind of got a shot at the table, right? Mm -hmm. But they came in and they were going through stuff and they had copied and pasted stuff from the Chamber of Commerce's website. Oh, gosh. And presented it as bespoke industry locational knowledge. Tailored for you. Tailored for, I know. <laughs> and um, I actually didn't say it, but one of the execs was like, hey, listen, this is all from the Chamber of Commerce website. I know because I, I know it intimately at this point. Like in the middle of the presentation, this person yeah, did that? he just interrupted oh and said, we're, we're done here. <laughs> um, and those guys never, I mean, they probably missed out on like a million dollars worth of revenue just yeah. just on being shills. Um, mm -hmm. don't, don't be a shill. And that being said, there's a lot of shills out there that are trying to push themselves on you as vendors. Use Google Scholar. Use some of these best practices for vetting vendors. There's some pretty good articles out there on the web. You know, I don't need to necessarily do that. We might do something about how to select vendors and stuff in the future, but um, do that. But also be realistic about budgets and timeline. Mm. So if 
if you're trying to bang the drum and sell something day two, day three after shutdown, how many budgets do you think are actually released at that point? Yeah. Everybody's on budget freeze. Right. Um, it's hard to get money spent. It's not that the money can't be spent, but you know, having a bit of a tactical pause and waiting, reach out to your relationships. Hey, what's going on? When do you think money will be spent? What will spend be spent on? Mm-hmm. You know, these are some things that you can kind of start assessing before you start blasting out to your entire uh, network or every email that you have in your Rolodex. Right. So I think the, you know, what I'm hearing you say is that the kind of the Intel function, the marketing function where you're you're sensing, that really needs to be turned up and be much more attuned to what's going on in, in your industry and with your clients and customers, right? Yeah, absolutely. So... Yeah, if you're a vendor, though, um, that's that's where you got to have your value statement so dialed. You've yeah. got to cut down, cut through. I mean, everybody's just sitting at home figuring out how to make a buck right now. So you've got to <laughs> be able to cut, right? <laughs> you know, right. they're like, I can't wait to get out of here so I don't have to homeschool my kids anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they're hungry, right? And the amount of opportunities have shrank. So if you're one of those people that have to cut through during that time, be focused on honing your value statement and making sure that the way you're reaching out is meaningful and really offers value to the other person. You should have been doing that anyway, but this is a time to really make sure you're doing it. Right. So one way to cut through the noise, um, you know, in this time when there is so much COVID tuning is to not be the COVID tunist and to be much more personal and intentional. It's going to take more time, right? But it probably will have a better uh, result if you are uh, really honing in on on your customer or client needs in a meaningful way that comes from a place of authenticity. Awesome. So today's episode was COVID Tunis, the rise of COVID-19. <laughs> And I just want to also put a plug out there again. Uh, we, we actually would like this. If you if you have good examples of COVID tuning, uh, tweet it to us at Podcast Indigo and use the hashtag COVID tunists. And uh, we'd love to hear what you what you have to say out there um, just to to try to shed a light on this this thing. All right. So absolutely. Hashtag COVID tunists <laughs> at Podcast Indigo. Um, we got time to go through these and laugh. I, I think a lot of people would enjoy it. <laughs> I think most most of our listeners probably already know that you and I will make time to laugh if we have to. <laughs> and, and maybe maybe we can change it around. Maybe some like lighthearted shaming um, can get get our economy to to behave itself. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Maybe some some ridicule and and then in praise where it's deserved can uh, can help. Yeah, so so just a recap, we talked about what the heck is a COVID tunist. Uh, we talked about uh, vendors and organizations need to differentiate themselves, focus on their unique value and having authenticity. And then we talked about implications for vendors and organizations. That's right, everybody. Be awesome. Don't be a COVID tunist. Thanks for listening to the Indigo Podcast. If you like this podcast, please consider helping us by rating us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, telling your friends about us, having us on your podcast, or mentioning us on social media. 
Our website is www.indigopodcast.com, where you can access more information about us and this episode. Thanks again, and we look forward to talking with you again soon.